Hello friends, welcome to God's Eagle Ministries. At God's Eagle Ministries, we are seeding the nations with God's word and God himself is transforming lives through his timeless truth. Uh, we're bringing you 18 series of this year's uh, MLR, that is uh, Minister's Leadership Conference held in Boko um, at uh, Peace House and with uh, Willie Kani and a host of other ministers. So one about one, there are one to 18 uh, uh, series in there. Our aim is to promote contents that are enriching, that uh, touch the lives of uh, Christians cut across denominational lines. So we take content from all over the body of Christ where we know that they are scripturally, scripturally sound and can uh, equip the saints for the work of ministry. That is our goal in on uh on otakada and otakada has uh over two million contents there from different parts of the body of christ so you avail yourself of those content and you can also uh visit shop.otakada.org to also assess uh books and gifts um tailored for the body of christ so may the lord bless you as you go through this uh, uh series of mlr 2022 god bless you Amen. You're ready to pull down whatever you have known, whatever you have been doing, the way you felt it should be done. You are now ready, willing to follow the way you have been taught. Because Jesus said, learn of me. The former must be pulled down so that the new one will be built up. All of that happens in discipleship. All right, uh, I think you want to add something. Uh, go ahead. Well, I think um, the only thing I just want to add, apart from what everybody has said, is the fact that discipleship includes every aspect of a man's life. It's, um, it's the making of the total man. Your spiritual aspect, the emotional aspect, the physical aspect, every area of a man. And there's no area of a man that is not found in the Bible and then that, that cannot be made be like Christ. So I just want to add that discipleship includes the total man. It includes um, the total man being trained to be like Christ. You want to train a woman to be a wife like Christ. You want to train a man to be a husband like Christ. You want to train people, the total person, the complete person. And uh, if I write on that, if I write on that quickly, uh, let me ask the question. So, in what way is discipleship different from mentoring? For example, you know, sometimes you hear about mentoring. Uh, this is my mentor. Uh, sometimes you hear my father in the Lord. Uh, somebody who is helping me to grow. In what way is discipleship different from mentoring? And all the other concepts which we have imported from a, a business world and several other things. Any one of us can, you know, uh, make a comment about this. Well, I want to say that discipleship, if you see the original concept of man, God wanted man to be in his own image. And the image of God is Christ's life. Now, discipleship 
the aim of discipleship is becoming like Jesus. That a disciple is made when he is like Jesus. The Bible says in the book of uh, 7 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 16. It says, As God has said, I will dwell in them. I will walk in them. So, when in Romans chapter 8 he now says that whom he did for know he also did predestine to be conformed to the image of his son so that he, Jesus, might be the firstborn among many brethren, among a line, a species of people. It meant that Jesus living in us, we needed to be trained in his lifestyle so that two can agree in order to work together. The manifestation of Christ's life in us we stem from our learning the life of Christ. So whereas mentoring is like a, you want to be like a business guru, you want to be like a, an idol, somebody you have known, you have admired. Discipleship, the ultimate of discipleship is becoming like Jesus. I think that's the major difference I will see. Because when you look at People do, doing mentoring. Some of the practices they do, uh, they are some of the things borrowed from discipleship process. You know, because uh, people come to also stay with their mentors and all of that. But the aim is different. It's Jesus God wants to see. The only life that God wants to sponsor on earth is the life of Jesus. And God wants us to become like Jesus. And the aim of our Christian experience is to become like Jesus. And discipleship is a process yes. that makes the man to become yes. and so just to uh, further agree with Brother Mike many times when people talk about mentoring they are talking now about acquiring a skill acquiring a methodology sometimes it could be in a particular area of profession or even in the academics where a person has become a specialist in that area and so what they are going for is just to deepen their knowledge of that particular area. So many times mentoring is restricted to physical things, what you can see, what you can acquire. But in discipleship, the curriculum is Jesus, is a person. So when you go into discipleship, you are going to learn what makes that who he is, who you are, not what even what you do. It is what constitute that person so and that's what makes the process of discipleship a bit deeper not a bit in fact deeper than than the, the commitment in the discipleship the goal of discipleship the processes of discipleship is different quietly different from that of mentoring mentoring tend to do with more of admiration you know picking after him. even when you go to see him you just want to see how he does it and there's no commitment, there's no reciprocation. You don't even, if you don't like it, you just go away. Of course, that's also like discipleship also have that freedom. But when you are coming to discipleship, you are planning to change. You are not just planning to acquire a skill. You are planning for, you submit your pedagogical right of your life. The power to rebuke you, the power to resist you, the power to say, don't go that way. You have submitted it. It's, it's presumed. Because you are not just wanting to learn something. You are wanting to become. You are wanting to be to be rebuked. You are wanting... There is a force in discipleship. Though not a physical force. Because of the 
agreement between both of you. You are committed. You are taking the decision. You are, it's not, it is not, a, it, it is, it is not virtual. It is real. There is an entry point and there is an expectation. It's all clear, laid out that this is what I want to become. So you are willing to face all the consequences of becoming that thing. All the, whatever your disciple decides that, okay, this is better. This is good. So sometimes your choices, all of that, you submit them in discipleship. Thank you, sir. Um, you have uh, anybody who has something different that you just want to keep in small, 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 so that because our time is running. Yes, sir. Yes, um, say that mentoring has to do with an impartation of a skill. It does not necessarily have to do with impartation of life, like discipleship. And mentoring doesn't necessarily have to be holistic. Maybe just an aspect of someone that you admire. Maybe you admire his business acumen and you want to just follow that aspect. You know. But in discipleship, just like Sister Inka has said, it's holistic. It has to do with your spiritual life, your character formation, and everything. In fact, it has to, be, uh, has to do with excellence of who you are referring to the life of christ in you but mentoring does not necessarily have to go for that once uh one can acquire a skill that you see and admire in a mentor that would that would be that but in discipleship the emphasis is on the impartation of the life of christ and the reproduction of the life of christ in a man that have so desired to be discipled brother uh, amos you you have been a man of god uh, you've been a missionary. You've been uh, before you came into discipleship. So I want to ask. Uh, somebody asked the other. They said, uh, "Why do you need disciple a disciple? When you have the Bible, you have the Holy Ghost, and uh, the, you you can read the Bible. You can. What, what is the need for discipleship?" Oh, we are not hearing brother Amos. Oh la la. Wow. And it was you. Yes, you are unmuted, but we cannot hear you. Can I ask you to quickly log out and log in back? Maybe it will bring your son. But in the time being, uh, let me throw the same question to uh, brother Mike. I think you were also in that kind of uh, shoe before you came into the subject. We have the Bible. We have the Holy Ghost. So, why must I need a disciple? Why must I need this kind of process that uh, Brother Charles was talking about, submitting my life to be changed, to be all of that? Go ahead, sir. Because we are human beings. And you see, it takes life to impart life. And I want to say that what a man does not have, he cannot give it. And when God said that, submit yourself under the mighty hand of God, in due time he will exalt you. The mighty hand of God is not a mystic hand in the atmosphere is the hand of another human being. Now, 
Jesus Christ said, He said, if you do not love your brother whom you see, how can you tell me that you love me whom you do not see? In other words, if you cannot submit to a man that you can see, how can you convince God that you can submit to him whom you cannot see? That's why. You see, when I, I, I met, I knew I always had that vacuum in my heart. I knew I needed a hand to mold me, a physical hand. I needed to grow under a father figure through whom the life of Jesus would be much more exemplified to me. It was by the mercy of God that God brought me into that arrangement. And when I found it, my life began to gather. My life began to, to take meaning. Uh, I could now see somebody who would look at me in the eye and say, Mike, don't do that. Stop that. I could now look at somebody who, if need be, would discipline me with a stroke of, a, of discipline. And I find that at the end of the day, that will end up being for my own good. And I dare say that if there was anything about my life that has become something, it's because God brought me to submit in discipleship under a hand that has taken care of me. And that is why it's important that no matter however much one has grown in life, when you grow to a point where there is nobody who has a hand over your life, it is not a good growth. Mm, it will not last. And when the crash will occur, it will be phenomenal. And the gathering may be impossible. So it's good that no matter what has happened, yes, Brother Amos is on the line now. Maybe we say it in final language. <laughs> All right, uh, let's start and see if Brother Amos' audio is uh, sorted out. And then uh, Sister Christy should be getting ready to... Brother Amos, can we hear you now? Are you hearing me now? Praise God, we can hear you now. All right. Uh, I've actually been following from the beginning. Uh, for me, discipleship is a big necessity. And I just want to say it very, very quickly. I've been a Christian for quite some years. I'd even enter into ministry before I met practical discipleship. Now, the, the need for discipleship, if I may put it, is that there are several things we read in the Bible, but we need a practical life expression. We need an audiovisual. And for me, when I met Brother Gile about 32 years ago now, or thereabouts. Now, there are several things I thought I knew. There are several things I thought I read from the Bible. But God used His life in practical way to show me what those things are. And the way to grow in the life of Christ practically. When I first met him, some of the things he and I felt sometimes so and he'll be preaching it, he'll be explaining it, his Bible, but but then when I came closer and closer, I discovered that it's possible to carry the life of Christ. 
is possible to grow in the life of Christ. And for me, the simple definition of discipleship I want to give is some. Is that discipleship and this process of making becomes easier when you have an audiovisual, a correct audiovisual that we call a discipler. Thank you, sir. Sister Christy, do you still have something you want to add? I want to say that without discipleship, Bible is just Bible. Mm. You just read the Bible, sometimes you think it's angels. Maybe Angel John, Angel Paul, Angel Peter, Angel James. That you would never imagine that human beings can live that way. When you, my, was read, if I, when I was reading Bible before discipleship, I would see it. You know, there are many things you read in the Bible. You almost don't believe it's real, but you will see it preach and say, "Bible is the word of God and it's true." But there are certain things you will see there. You almost uh, feel that I don't know the person I used to think that they meant they should be doing those things. But you know, discipleship brings you to them that somebody with flesh and blood can actually live out the Bible. And you are just reading the Bible. You know, when we are talking of his holy seed, uh, sometime ago, not too long ago, I was talking to some people. I told them that if I wear Abada, this normal wrapper, the noun, it does not wash. I can wear it for many years. Whenever I bring it out, it will be fresh. It was discipleship that taught me oh, as I was coming there, my disciple, I saw how she used to wash clothes. The what she used to add, I won't tell you, go to your own disciple. <laughs> <laughs> and I started washing my clothes like that. I learned how to hang clothes. That you put starch inside, it will not percolate somewhere. Even the kind of sponge I use in my kitchen is my disciple. And the thing is working perfect. So you can see. You know, sometimes you, as a woman, you could walk and walk and walk and walk, and uh, when you come back, sometimes you will end up complaining and murmuring while you are walking. And I saw a disciple that was like, uh, permit me to say, Jackie, you could come from pulpit, come down, still have time to take care of the husband, but organize the husband things. I say, eh? So you, the Bible, your complaint will finish. <laughs> because when you go to a disciple, the thing you carry from your house to come and complain, you will see the person demonstrating it physically. So when you look at it, you just pinch yourself and go back home and go and relax and know that you just need to grow. So um, Bible will just be Bible. Let me put it that way. Just storytelling without believing that thing that we say is the word of God. But the word of God comes very clear, very smooth. And actually, you don't struggle. You don't struggle to do this. It's like there's somebody you're looking at. You just want to run and meet the person. It's so beautiful. And it makes the life smooth and good. Praise the Lord. Uh, my wife wants to chip in something. Hey, well, I think um, Sister Christine has given. I just wanted to give a practical example. You know, but I almost said, um, the disciple is a, it's like um, an audiovisual. You, are, you have read something and... You, you will just think that you understand it until you enter it. I remember that when I just got married, normally when anybody wants to get married, the 
one major is, uh, instruction you give to young wives is uh, wife submit to your husband. And I thought I understood it. I actually thought I understood what it meant before I entered marriage. And then I entered marriage and it was difficult. I didn't I didn't know that I did not know what it meant to submit until and I had problems at that beginning. My husband complained. He said, I don't have any problem with you. The only thing is that you have not learned submission. So I kept wondering, so what is this submission? So how how else I was trying, but there was still this complaint until one day I went out with my disciple and her husband and my husband. We went out with them. And then it was a burial ceremony and we were there. And then the people who were serving came and asked my disciple to say, Excuse me, what would you like to eat? Because just at that point, her husband stood up to go somewhere else. And then she said, Ah, I don't like eating swallow outside. I would prefer to eat rice. And just as the person who came to, who was going to serve us, was going to go back, her husband came back. And then the the waiter asked the man, Excuse me, what would you like to eat? And the man just said, Oh, come to his wife and said, My wife, will eat swallow, isn't it? And without hesitation, she just said, Oh, yes, we'll eat swallow. Ah? <laughs> and the Holy Spirit came and said, Did you hear that? That is submission because I had been troubling, I had been praying and saying, God, what is this submission? So how do I submit? And the Holy Spirit came and said, That is submission. Because if it was me, mm. when the person asked, I would have said, Hey, well, Daddy, um, well, I, I can join you to eat swallow, even though I've already told them I will eat rice. At least that would be my own best submission. If I will agree at all. But I would say, hey, Daddy, you know I don't like eating uh, swallow outside. Please eat your swallow. Let me take my rice. But I thought the woman, she just said, Yes, we eat swallow. I think she didn't say anything before that. So disciple the reason why you need a disciple is that you need somebody who who has gone ahead of you, who have experienced scriptures, who have experienced the Bible, who have experienced what it means to be a, a Christ-like child of God. So leave that light before you so that you can learn. It's not as if you can't read your Bible. But there are several things that you can read in the Bible. You will assume that you already understand it. But the truth is that you have not learned it until you see somebody else leave it out. And then it becomes very easy for you. Thank you, sir. As you see all of us, uh, as you see all of us talking today, we are all children of one man. Let me just say it like that. We are all children of the same, uh, the same man. I would like each one of us, in two, two seconds, my wife has already said her own. Can you give us a practical experience of discipleship that you, you, you experienced? Something that was practical, that made the Bible come alive for you. Pam, pam, pam. Don't take a long time. Just cha 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 like that. Who is going on first for us? Um, well, um, I think the one of the greatest area, uh, like uh, Sister Inka has said, where my own discipleship has really been blessed is the area of marriage. Now, some of us, the way we were brought up, the home we came from, I never really could say I've seen a real marriage. My, I have come from a my dad was a serial polygamist. He never had two wives at the same time. One leaves and another comes in. So, 
I never know, and you know, and the society where I came from, it's a society where the male man is just who he is. He's predominant, he has his way. So my own concept of marriage is that you just marry a woman that anything you say, bam, whatever you don't like, if you don't like her again, as a matter of fact, you may even change her. And get, you know, and I became a Christian and I didn't know that quietly those things were inside. And however, I married as a Christian, I, by, you know, correct looking at instructions and just obey. But the real joy of it was when I came in contact with my disciple just at the point of my marriage. And that was why today I see how he relates with his wife. I see how even when you come with very big, great ideas, wonderful projects, and sometimes you just say, wait, and you are in a hurry. You are thinking that this thing will spoil if he doesn't say something. Sometimes you say, ah, just wait, I will consult mommy. And sometimes when she's not there, you have to wait. And when he comes, he consults with her. And I see how spontaneously they relate. You know, is so simple. You know, and even when he's trying to do something, somebody else in the family, his wife can say, Daddy, wait, this thing, can we check it like this? And he's not offended. I have never, never seen him any day offended publicly in the home, in the secret, <laughs> let me use the word, because I've been there for over 30 something years, you know, following them, watching them. And I tell you today, I love my wife because I see somebody Food it who has shown me that it is spiritual to love your wife. It is not it's not un, it's not unmanly to love your wife, to listen to your wife, to care for her. That's one of my greatest things I've left with, and I will continue to and even till today. I'm still enjoying that by the grace of God. Brother James, yeah, one of the moments I had um, was when I met a brother. My wife and myself, we met him in the office and he was already engaging a brother. He was, they were all talking and suddenly, without any protocol, we just came into the office and in my own understanding of these big men of God, I just saw a calmness. You know, if it were all these men of God, maybe they would have driven you out and said, please, go back and fill the form. But I just saw a calmness. Yes, yes, please come in. You want to see me when I'm done with this Brother, then you can come in. To me, that really finished me. I saw humility. Of course, because I, I pastored, and I know how pastors, they carry themselves. It, 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 it never left me. I said, if this is it, then it is worth pursuing. Like one of our, our panelists said, it's not about book, the Bible. In fact, discipleship 
is a family training scheme. When a man or a woman evades this training scheme, it becomes obvious in life. And I, I, I want to say that I'm indeed grateful. I struggled in life until God brought me this way. And I will ever be grateful unto the Lord that my life has not been wasted. Praise the Lord. Thank you, sir. Sister Christy, you can you can do it sharp, sharp. Ah, okay, you already told us that, that uh, you learned how to wash clothes. Let me do one. <laughs> very Praise the Lord. Yes. Uh, one great thing that my discipleship relationship has done in my life, and I've always appreciated, is how a woman can be a woman of many parts without nothing being lost. My disciple is a minister. She will minister the word of God. At home, nothing will be missing. Very organized. If you come to my house now, I've learned how to be labeling things. I learned it from there. So that when you want to look for anything, you, you go and pick it. You know, how someone can be fully involved in ministry, every site, every department, her eyes will reach there and nothing will go wrong. She's preparing a program, there's nothing like I have forgotten. You come to the home, everything is ordered. That has been, always been a challenge. I've even had to make it and say, how is it that you meet up, you meet this, you meet that, you meet that, and you are unruffled, you are normal. So, and that also is a very great challenge to me and something that maybe God has also helped me to be growing in. Being a woman of many parts and still standing well and still not missing anything. And you come to the home, the home is sweet, the home is a, a home where you can rest. Praise the Lord. I'm watching my time and this time is not uh, it's not helping me at all. I will have not to hear Sister Sister Anne if you will make it short. Before we would like to move on a bit further in this discussion, Sister Anne. Yes, um, actually, where Sister Christy has brought in has been a personal challenge to me also in discipleship. As I watch my disciple being a perfect combination of how a woman can be in ministry, you know, and be a, a, a keeper at home and attend to everything meticulously and effortlessly you know it brings you know i learned it in discipleship as i watch my disciple effortlessly coordinating no matter the number of people in the house she is in she's, she's in control you know everybody she gets her attention and she knows how to attend to every person as an individual and everybody is important to her. And she combines ministry with that and everything is flowing. So to me, I can imagine if how my life would have been disorganized. If not that I came in contact with that, a life that is an audiovisual and uh, can help me also to organize myself as a woman. And I'm flowing also in ministry and I'm not uh, confused how I can combine ministry and my role as a wife and as a mother and then attend to 
Every person who is under me in discipleship and then nothing will be lost. Everything is perfectly in order. That's discipleship that have helped my life. And I thank God that the Lord brought me this way to help my life and make my life uh, easy and, uh, and orderly, effortlessly. Thank, thank you. you very much. Now, I, I know that if I leave us, we can be talking this one for another one hour. But I want us to move to the second side of this discussion quickly in the little time that is available for us. That is disciple making. Now, by the grace of God, all of us have, as I look at all, any, all of us here, there is none of us that has had less than 15, 15, maybe more years of discipleship that we have been following. But in those years also, we have also become uh, disciple makers. We have also, by the grace of God, uh, done hands-on discipleship. We have raised other lives. So we want to talk about, because as we are going into this pursuit, one of the things that we, this revival must do is to mobilize the teaming disciples that have followed us over the years. They have almost become professional followers. They must mobilize them themselves into disciple-making agents, agents of transformation themselves, where they go out and make others disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want us to uh, look at that aspect for, for, for a minute. Why, why, I want us to be answering three questions together at the same time. When should a man begin to disciple another person? Should I wait until I am uh, completely a big man of God and become a big disciple or I have already grown to become like what I believe before I can start discipling? That's one question. At what point who can I, uh, let me ask the second question this way, who can I disciple? How do I get people to disciple? Um, should I be waiting until somebody come and ask me to disciple them or how do I get disciples with uh, with which I um, disciples whom I can also make to become like Christ like all of us have spoken and if you answer those questions I will add a third uh, question to it I will have said uh, at what age or which kind of age brackets should we look for to disciple is this small children or people who have matured or we should wait until somebody has become something before we can uh, disciple them. Let's handle any of those three issues together. Any one of us. Well, I want to... Alright, go ahead. Go ahead, brother. Yes, I want to say that the one of the things that helped me is that as God, by, the, by his mercy, brought me close to Brother Dile, I was able to watch him react under stress. That's one of the things. One day I was driving him, and he was another car was following us. He was counseling somebody inside that car. So he came down from his car to enter that one. And we were trying to dodge a pothole, and the car from behind hit his car from by the side and passed it seriously. When they stopped and they came out, 
He didn't look at the car. He came for me straight and he embraced me. He said, oh, my, are you okay? Are you, you know? And then, throughout the thing, he didn't look at the car at all. So I just saw that, that least attachment to material things. So one day, we were having millet. He now gave me his key that I should go and pack his car for him. Then in his old office, there is a small narrow space that, it, that normally would pack. He is the one who knows how to pack it there. And I was trying, I said, I don't want to scratch this car again. So I parked outside. So when he came, he noticed, he said, Mike, come. So because of what happened that day, you are afraid to scratch the car again. So you don't do like that. So I want to say that my own raising disciples, what I do is that my disciples do not know that it is actually Brother Bile who is still discipling them. Because one brother came to me, he was an architect. He said he wants to come and submit to discipleship. I went to Boko, I told Brother Bile, he said, this brother wants to come and submit. I told him to wait. He said, that's good. The brother came four times. I said, I told him four times. But I said, sir, but if he comes on the fifth time, I will accept him. And then he said, that's all right. And then I accepted the brother. And then we began to grow together. And I noticed that most of the times when you ask that, how old should I be before I start to raise disciples? The truth of the matter is that so long as your relationship with your disciple is healthy, you can disciple people and you will just be like a repeater station of the main disciple to your own disciples and nothing will be lost. Let me stop there. And the chance. I want, yes, I want to agree with that because that is actually the divine arrangement. It is just that same one life of Jesus flowing through the apostles that has reached us today. And that's what God wants to continue. Once any man carries a life of Christ, that life is infectious. The moment mm -hmm. another person starts carrying it, suddenly he is already ready to carry another life. That's how God planned it. And you don't have to wait until every aspect of your life has been finished with. The moment God starts helping you, you discover that as long as you don't break the link, and as long as you will not stop growing, any other person you come in contact with, you have capacity to help that life. Because even when you run into issues that are bigger than you, as long as you are sincere, you are open you always have a place to refer to. So many times, you see, discipleship is like a link, it's like a net. And that is why, sincerely speaking, I also discovered that there is no individualism in discipleship. And before you know it, you have community. It's like a community. Because even the person that is another disciple like us, you suddenly discover that your own disciple has something to collect from that one. It's a very wonderful arrangement I've ever seen. So, that is why it was possible, as I saw in the house of the Apostles, it's like they move from house to house, they move. So, you don't need to, there's no specific time. The only condition is that the person must be born again. He must have the prerequisite. You can never disciple a person who does not have Jesus Christ. You can't make him a disciple. That is why you cannot go to your village and bring your brother as a houseboy and you say he's a disciple it doesn't work <laughs> your own brother himself cannot be your disciple except he's converted first and have Jesus 
But once a person has Jesus, it doesn't matter the age, then it's a material for discipleship. And once you yourself are in discipleship and you have not broken, you can disciple anybody. In fact, you can disciple somebody who is even older than you. Because what you are passing across is older than you. It's not mm. you. It's a life that is flowing. Thank you, Brother Amos. Uh, oh, sorry, you have been muted all along. Let me let me ask you. Yes, let me unmute you so that you can make a comment. Well, uh, for me, a lot has been said on this, but uh, when you talk about the age bracket or who should be discipled, I want to say that discipleship is for all. Now, somebody like Timothy must have entered into discipleship at his teen years. Because at the time he became the bishop of Ephesus, he was still a youth. Now, somebody like Peter, Jesus called him already a married man. We learned how he went to the house of the mother-in-law. Now, so for me, there is no limitation of age brackets. Just like Rachel say, if somebody is born again, he already carried the nature of Christ and has the capacity to grow onto becoming like Jesus. Now, in the issue of what about the issue of different sex, male, female? Now, maybe the the way things have gone in several years now, and because of uh, sanity and discipline, now we normally advise that. It's only when somebody is an elderly woman, you know, that he can disciple younger people, whether male or female. But when their ages are not too far from one another, sometimes it's safer for brothers to disciple brothers and sisters to disciple sisters. Except where there are exceptions or unique situations. So in time of age, in time of different sexes, now there are these few rules that guide us that guide us in discipleship and in disciple making now talking about uh, uh, whether somebody could be disciple for how long before he can disciple others just to add a bit to what brad charles has said as long as as a disciple i keep growing now there is no threat of releasing my own disciples also to begin to learn how to disciple others I can begin to train them on the job of discipling others. So, and as they grow, and as they keep watching me, just like I was also given such an opportunity in my own discipleship, my disciple did not wait. Sometimes he even asked me to do some things and I'm taken aback. And he says, no, you just go and try. Sometimes I go back to him and he will say, okay, he will give me some guidelines and then again, he will want me. Now it's uh, it enables a disciple to begin to exercise himself spiritually. And then that also helps even the overall process of disciple making. Nobody can disciple everybody. But now when we raise disciples and we also train them to disciple others, discipleship becomes fast, discipleship becomes, you know, robust. And people are able to touch the life of Christ as we release them also to disciple others. Thank you very much. Now, just um, to punch something also in. Uh, sometimes, you know, we've been talking about discipleship and discipler, and this is my discipler did this, and that sometimes 
um, even as we are going up, sometimes a little conflict. They say, this one is my disciple. Why are you talking to that other person? I want you to speak. Brother Charles already began to talk about that community, uh, that community of discipling. I want you to speak a bit further so that we can deal with this issue of um, of uh, possessiveness in discipline that does not allow us to freely learn even though we are saying discipleship is good this is my disciple this is my disciple this person is helping me does it mean that it is only my disciple i can learn from can i not learn from somebody else brother charles you are not uh, you, are, you are muted please unmute yes go ahead now what i have discovered is even looking down at even our natural family life you will discover that though it takes one person to deliver a child but it takes a community to raise that child now it's the same principle and even though that child is being raised everybody is making input when he goes to the school teacher will flog you but there is a distinctiveness everybody knows where that child is coming from but at the point that you know that this child belongs to mr lagbaja that is coming from lagbaja's house does not make any difference does not remove your obligation you know, there is a particular uh, adage in some of our language. They said, Agbaki wa You see, an elder will not be in a place and a child will be misbehaving. So, that sense is also part of our discipleship. Even though individually we have disciples, you know, that word, please don't note, note that that word is because there's no other word for it. It's the only word. <laughs> That's why we, so we just call it disciple. You can call it it's somebody who watches over you. So appointed by you and God to watch over you. And that person has taken that responsibility. And as he's doing it, but he's doing it with an eye of the fact that everything he needs for that person to be what God wants him to be is not located in him alone. He seeks for help from God and is willing to allow other people. Sometimes when it comes to an area, of a disciple's life and calling of what you sense God wants him to be. Sometimes you arrange for that disciple to even go to another disciple to learn that part of life. So, and even when you have not so do, and so if the disciple is learning from another person, you are not, there's no possessiveness. Because what that child will be, will be for Christ. The life he will carry is Christ's life, even though he's passing through you. And anywhere Christ's life is available, there's no division. Christ's life in Mr. K, Christ's life in Mr. Joe, Christ's life in Mr. Benga. Once that disciple, that disciple is exposed to it, it will still produce that same life that you are carrying. It is one life. Thank you very much. Anybody else wants to add quickly to that? Yes. Um, I would like to say something on that. Um, at what stage you won't pick someone for discipleship is very crucial. Um, for one to be to pick someone for discipleship, there must be willingness on the part of that person to be discipled. It must be willing uh, and be ready to be so trained. And as the person is being trained and is growing at a, a point, and I feel that I've uh, help the person to a point and I needed to hand him over so someone else who can help him further. I should not hesitate 
you know, and remain, and leave, leave that person to remain at that stage where I have reached to help the person. So, the first thing we must note in this issue of discipleship is that that person to be discipled must be willing. Because when Jesus called his disciples, they all came to him willingly and they submitted their life and they received help. So, as uh, we bring in disciples and we are training them, that person must be willing. And when I have trained a disciple to a point, for instance, um, I have trained a disciple and I needed him to learn some other aspect of life, I should be willing also to uh, hand him over to the next person who will continue his training from there. Brother James. Yes, sir. Now, there are times that as a discipler, you may not have had the needed exposure to provide uh, oversight over a brother or a sister. Um, I remember I had a case where a discipler had given an instruction to the brother who is relating with him. And somehow the brother just intimated me and said, this is it. So, and I felt that that counsel was not proper. So I had to call the disciple and interacted with him and made him realize that this thing you have said will not help this brother. So you, just as Brother Charles said, it's a community of of, of disciples so that even in discipleship relationship a discipler is also learning from another discipler and growing his life and it becomes a robust environment not just limited to one man but it becomes a community of brethren of believers and growing and learning from one another. Thank you very much, sir. Praise the Lord. I, yeah. want to add, I just want to add a little thing too. Um, becoming possessive of a of disciples is there also a sign that one is not progressing well in becoming like Jesus. We've noted that discipleship has to do with becoming like him, that Jesus is the central focus. If one is making good progress and the new life, the new creation life, the life of Christ is growing in a, in a disciple, there won't be space for that. Because actually, when we are making progress in Christ, it is Jesus in us that is also discipling the people. And Jesus cannot do that. So it's very, very important because one of the, the, the one key uh, principal implement in raising disciples is the disciples' life, and that disciples' life that we are looking for is the life of Christ. And someone for someone to be a discipler and be progressing in discipling others, the person must progressively grow the life of Christ in her on himself. It's not just somebody who knows how to expose Bible. It's not just somebody who knows how to pray. Uh, all of those are part of the implements that we use in raising disciples. They're the life of Christ. So when someone begins to see that I'm becoming possessive, 
I'm becoming jealous. I, I, you know, it's a strange life, honestly. It's a strange thing coming into that person's life. It's time to run to your disciple and say, please, sir, or please, ma, something is going wrong with me. I'm becoming, uh, it's discipleship, not Phariseeship. We are not any. <laughs> is discipleship and when it's discipleship it has to manifest everything the life of Christ, everything about Christ thank you very much uh, um, you know so we are talking about a community of disciples this revival itself is going to be a community, it's going to be a movement of lives that have been discipled are being discipled and are discipling others and are participating in discipling in the community. So I see several, uh, like you have already said, if I pick from the different things you have said, a, a proper discipler himself will be under another discipler. He has disciples. He deliberately exposes his disciples to his own discipler to other colleague disciples and even to contemporaries of your disciples because as we have vertical discipleship you have horizontal discipleship we have a community a net of discipling uh, that's what we are we are believing god to do for us in this river we our time has almost uh, finished and uh, i think we have just about two or three minutes and uh, i'm really wondering which one I should ask us to look for, but maybe something quickly that we can look at. What what is it that should be aiming for to produce in my disciples? Uh, I'm sorry to use my disciples because all of us are disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, but disciples under my hand, those who are submitted, those who I'm working and laboring on, what should I look for in their lives? When will I be sure that this person is growing in discipleship. What are the indices? What are the indexes? What are the things I should be looking for? As I labor over lives, what should be my areas of emphasis? If you, if I have uh, uh, spoken enough of it. Yes. Including you, if you want to. Uh, well, um, just like we said at the very beginning, when we were trying to explain what discipleship is, we had explained that discipleship is um, being made, being worked upon to become like Christ. So the focus, the curriculum, the the what what we are expecting is the life of Christ manifesting in a life. So. What will tell me that a disciple is growing is that I begin to see a change in life and character. His character begins to change to comply with that of Christ. And if he used to be an angry person, I discover that because Jesus Christ was not an angry person, I discover that that is changing. If he was a proud person who felt he knows everything, and then suddenly I discover that his life is changing, he becomes a humble person. So our focus in discipleship in any area, whether in the kitchen, whether in the sitting room, whether in the Bible study, anywhere at all, our focus is 
each disciple becoming like Christ in everything and in every area. Whether at work, anywhere at all. Whether as a, as a child in the house, whether as a husband, as a wife, as a grandma, as a anything, at whatever level. We are looking for Christ. We are looking for Christ-like behavior. We are looking for a change in character that has become like that of Christ. That is growing to be like Christ. That's what we are looking for. Alright. Anybody else adding anything to that? I wanted to say that we should not um, uh, we should not the possessiveness we are talking about we should not um, we probably have noticed that it's never said to me thus says the Lord but this is what the Lord is saying he will say Mike if I was you I would do it like that it is when I in the beginning I would say ah, you are not me and then I would have made my blunders then I will now remember that he had told me if I was you so when he, he, he makes that in me, if I was you I'm with trepidation I know that God is leading uh, me very directly in this matter now you see when brother Moses Ogiyanyo was leading the, the early the prayer meeting in this uh, the first opera he referred to 1 Samuel 32 he said that Somehow, by divine providence, none of the family of David, none of them was tampered with. They were not killed. It meant that when he said pursue, there is hope. Uh, God, there is something to pursue. And I want to say that the world of our time is hungry for discipleship. And when we were studying the book, we found out that one of the of the uh, features of this move is that disciples will multiply. So I want us to leave all those uh, things behind and just go ahead to make disciples. Uh, freely you have received, freely give. What you have received, to the measure that you have received, give to another. We, God will not collect any excuse from us. The world is hungry for what we carry. Thank you, sir. All right. Thank you very much. I, I think uh, our time has uh, finished because uh, our one of us, uh, our brother Amos, we, we are, will be making a, a challenge to us to end this session. We are praying that your internet will hold and uh, do well while you bring that call as God will help him to make us to come to a decision on several of the things that we have said. Brother Amos, it's over to you now. Thank you very much. I want to believe that you are hearing me. Now we thank God for all that we have said and we believe that several of us have uh, followed. Now a few things I just want to bring before we pray together on this issue. Uh, number one, let me still make a little input onto the issue of mentorship and discipleship. Now, the brethren have already said it, but I just want to say that we should be biblical in disciple making. The fact that Jesus did not say, go and mentor people for me, say, go and make disciples of all nations. The fact that mentorship is not in the Bible. You know, as I checked, I have seen discipleship being mentioned, disciples, 
being mentioned in over 200 times in the New Testament. But I think it's only the message that used the word mentor, mentorship, maybe about two or three times. All other translations did not use it. So I want to first encourage us that we must be thoroughly biblical in our disciple making. We have already been told that when you are talking about mentorship, life is not the, the focus. And in discipleship, the life of Christ is our focus. Now, I want to again say, just as we have been told, that please, this book is a guidepost, it's really a manual. And I just want to first read from, from it very quickly. I will first read page 82, and I'm just reading number one, Disciples Everywhere. Disciples shall be multiplied in every stratum of human lives. This move of God will raise men and women in whom Christ shall be formed progressively. It will bring an increase in the number of disciples everywhere and in every nation. The mystery of, God's, of the gospel shall be exposed to men and women in all nations. Christ in you, the hope of glory, shall become the experience of each one of us. Christ the true vine shall be multiplied in each one of us and through our hands. The carriers of this fire shall continue to multiply and spread in all the nations. This shall not be by power nor by might, but by my spirit. Now the whole essence of what we have shared together and we have shared with you this evening, brethren, is that disciples should multiply. It is, it is important to note that in the chapter 7 of this book, as we look at the peculiarity of this move, as we look at what differentiates this move, as we look at the focus of this move, disciples everywhere is number one. So that means the focus of God is that this great commission of go and make disciples of all nations, God is mobilizing us to go and fulfill it. God is mobilizing us to go and carry it out. Now, the next and the final place I want to read from this book is page 70. Now, I want us to watch and to note what has been said, page 70. Uh, just second to the last paragraph, David called them, he, is, he, he it was that bailed them out of their debt, discomfort, discontentment and distress. He put the uniform on their necks. He made them what they were and placed weapons in their hands for battle. The battle that made them experts and commanders were strategy, all his. Yet now he addressed them, my brethren. That was the first restraint he exercised. It was a restraint first on himself. This is the point we must learn. Let us drop all our appellations and lay down all and just be brethren, brothers and sisters, regardless of what God has used us to do in the lives of disciples. Appellations like Father in the Lord, Daddy, Papa, 
Papa's uncle, aunties, colleges must become the spoil that ignorant people will struggle for at the point of revival. Let us remain simple and unassuming we are brethren. Now, I just want to stop there. That the challenge of going to make disciples, we must be biblical about it. God must help us not to conform to, the, to, to this world. Not even to conform to what people think it should be that is not biblical. First, I want to just take a few minutes to talk to us again as disciples. Now, thank God several of us that have spoken and those that did not have the opportunity to speak. Now, God has shown us a, a, somebody like an audiovisual. And I pray we also will become correct audiovisual and continue to be. Now, let us know, just as I've been said in this book, I don't have the time to read it again that discipleship is not a way of recruiting errand boys it's not a way of recruiting house girls and house boys now what makes some people to to hate discipleship is when you push discipleship almost to the point of heavy shepherding and as if it's becoming a loyalty cult now as disciples and as god is leading us in this move we must be very careful not to contaminate it. What we have received, what we have seen now must be what we are also going to give men of the life of Christ. Of the life of Christ. We have all said this evening that the focus in discipleship is the life of Jesus. Anything we did not see in the life of Jesus. Now, please don't pass it on to disciples. It will become contamination. Some people... They don't want to be disciple or they don't want to even hear anything about discipleship. Maybe because somebody did something, somebody said something, somebody behaved somehow. And it is not Christ-like. Of course, I also know in order to balance it, that some disciples also want to be petty. Some disciples don't like rebuke. Some disciples now are disciples. I also want to say that all of these are what will make us to become what Jesus wants us to become. Remember that at a point, Jesus even turned to Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. So if you are a disciple and you don't like rebuke, you are a disciple, you don't like correction, you are a disciple, you want to be petty, you cannot quickly become what God wants you to become. And so this evening, I just want to say to us, both as disciples and as disciples, that the aim of this move, God's ultimate for this move, is that disciples will multiply everywhere. Is that men and women in the nations of the earth will become disciples of the Lord Jesus. And so God has already spread us here and there, all over the globe. Whether it's in America, whether it's in Africa, whether it's in Asia, the intention of God is that disciples will multiply. And so this evening, I want to leave us with two challenges. First is that, are you here and you have not particularly committed your life unto Christ in practical, active discipleship? You just feel like some of us used to feel in those days, I can read my Bible, the Spirit of God is in me. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now, can I tell you, your journey will become longer. Your journey will, you are going to struggle more. 
But when you submit to discipleship under even a human hand, and you know that all of us are growing to become like Jesus, can I tell you, your journey becomes faster. Let me share just an experience with you that I had in discipleship about, uh, I think that is 2001. Of course, my own understanding since I came into ministry then is that when you go to preach, the Bible says who we'll go to what his own expense and don't muzzle the ox that traded the, the corn. So I have not really learned that sometimes God may not even want you to collect material things from people that you have ministered to. Now we embark on this journey from Goko to, to Zamfara. Uh, that's a journey of about maybe 600 kilometers or 700, I can't remember now, but very long. And my disciple put the, 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 the fuel in the car, we drove, we went to an Anglican diocese, he preached in the morning, he preached in the evening. So when we finished, this bishop brought this very fast envelope. And I was already positioning myself as the secretary, you know, thinking that the man of God will just collect it and say, Amos, you, you keep it. And then he said to the bishop, he said, please, please. He was even begging. Now for me, it was looking strange. He said, please help us to put it, help me to put it back into the, to the diocese force as a contribution. Even the bishop could not believe himself, all of us. And that was how we left that place. And it's not as if he was having so much money. So from that point, I began to learn. That so, even though it's a right, but sometimes you need to know whether Jesus will want you to collect here, whether Jesus will want you to do this, and what exactly does he want you to do. So I also learned that when, even when I'm going for a program, I'm asking God, what do you want me to go and do? It looks normal that when I finish, they may bring an envelope. Do you want us to collect it? And if you want us to collect it, what do we do with it? Now, just again to show you that there are some things you may not be able to learn directly, except you have an audiovisual. So my first challenge and encouragement today is this. Are you here and you are not in practical discipleship? You are just somebody that is a free-ranging Christian. Now you decide what you do by yourself. Sometimes when you have made mistakes, you just come back and all of that. Your journey will be long. I want to plead with you today. That as we get to the point of praying, you will, you will lay down your life in practical discipleship. I want to point your attention to Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28, 29 and 30. The Bible says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall have rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. If you are actually born again, it is because you have answered the call of Jesus in verse 28. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I believe you must have received rest from sickness, from the devil, from demons, and from sin. But then the call that Jesus made did not stop there. And I want you to also step out today to answer the second call. Yes, you are born again. But... For you to develop the life of Christ and to grow in it and become what God wants you to become. Now, he now says, take my yoke upon you. That's another definition of discipleship. Being yoked together with Jesus. 
Now, when we are talking about yoke, we are talking about the stick that connects two cows in order for them to plow the ground or draw the, 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 the trolley or whatever. Now, and when they have been put under the yoke, they can only face the same direction. They can only move at the same pace. So what Jesus is saying here is that I have given you rest from sin. I've given you rest from the devil. I've given you rest from demons. Now come and take my yoke upon you. Let us work closely together so that at different junctions of life, I'm the yoke director. I'm the one that will decide where do we turn. Some, when they get to junction of marriage, that is when you now know that this Christianity they are talking about is not yet done. It's not yet okay. Now, when they get to junction of different decisions, because they have not submitted their life unto Jesus, when they get to junction of the call of God upon their life, they say, no, I prefer to stay in the city, not in the village. I prefer to go and do this, not that one. Now, because they have not come under the yoke of the master. Now, I want to call you today, my brother, my sister, my own experience in life and in the Christian life have actually shown me that discipleship is a big necessity. I've been a preacher, I've been a missionary, even before I met practical discipleship, but I now know the difference. In my years of discipleship, I learned to submit. Even though it was not easy at the beginning, I would come with all my programs, and my disciple will say, Amos, Amos, sit down. you just cool down. And then when you are finished explaining, he say, well, you can still go ahead, but uh, I think this, I think this. Now, as I began to learn, as I began to submit, I also now have the privilege and the authority to also disciple others and say sometimes, don't do this. If you do this, this is what is going to happen. Sometimes I've met some of the disciples. They say, well, I had a vision. This is a sister will be my, my, my wife. And I say, mm. once I say, mm, now I learn it from discipleship. And my disciples also began to understand. God has also given me that opportunity that I'm also, I've also been able to disciple others. And those others are also discipling others. The discipleship is a chain. So I, I want to call on you to come and join that chain today. If you have not, say, take my yoke upon you, learn of me. For I'm meek and lowly in heart. And you will find rest. Can you notice that the word rest appear in that place two times? In verse 28, is rest from sin, rest from the devil, rest from demons. Now, in verse 29, is rest that come from anxiety, rest that come from wrong decision, rest that come from uh, things that, you know, delay your journey as a Christian. Now you come under rest. So even if somebody has uh, shown you a bad side of discipleship, because maybe himself did not understand it very well, or is also still growing progressively in the life of Christ. Now, and because of that, you have turned away. Now, this evening or this morning, whichever time is applicable to you, I want to beg you, I want to plead with you. I want to beseech you that as we get to this point now to pray, you will step out and say, well, I have heard, I have understood now. I now know that discipleship is not a loyalty cult. Discipleship is not for somebody to use me anyhow. Discipleship is not for somebody to, 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 to press me down. Discipleship is not for somebody to prevent me from entering the purpose of God for my life. In fact, can I tell you, discipleship, first thing, you're entering the purpose of God. Discipleship, correct discipleship, 
help you and facilitate you in order to quickly become what God wants you to become. And so as I call you to the point, place of prayer, will you want to be discipled? Will you want to become a disciple after the pattern of Jesus? As we get to this point, of prayer i just want us to rise and submitted to discipleship before or something made you and you got annoyed and you say i don't want it again now today is your day and since we alter and say i know that discipleship is not a submission to a man even though god could be using a man as an answer to the call of Jesus that he made and today I want to answer that call so I want you to stand up wherever you are brethren I want you to begin to say Lord Jesus I now understand and by your grace I want all that you are packaged in discipleship to make my journey fast unto eternity to prevent me from multiple mistakes and to help me to move as you want me to I want it today as many of us as are saying that Please begin to walk towards the altar now, wherever you are. Some of our brethren will be there to receive you. Please just stand up, begin to walk towards the altar, and say, I now know that I truly need discipleship. Whether you are a big man, or you are a small man, whether you are old, or you are young, now discipleship is for all of us. You need to be guided. You need to be taught. You need to be encouraged. And you need to be shown the practical life of the Lord Jesus. So as I call you to the place of prayer. Now please just arise. And begin to come towards the altar and say Lord I lay down my life today for discipleship. I want you to connect me unto discipleship. Give me an audiovisual that will make my life. And some of us once we became disciples we also cut our rope of discipleship. Once we became disciples, we graduated ourselves. And we also stopped reporting our life to anybody. We have become masters of all. Now, you also need to make a fresh commitment to discipleship today. Are you a discipler? And with all that we have said, in the meaning and implication of discipleship, I want to ask you, is that how you have been discipling life? Or are you just using discipleship as a bait to fulfill your own motives to fulfill your own agenda now you also need to stand up and where you are just raise up your hand and say lord i make a fresh commitment unto discipling men today i will do it correctly i will do it with a focus on the life of christ i want us to pray at this hour i want us to just talk to god please stand up talk to god and if today you are saying lord I want to submit unto discipleship. I want to answer this call unto discipleship. Please just move towards the altar now. Yes, I can see some of us that are already moving towards the altar. Brother, sister, we don't have much time. Please move fast now. Move very fast as I commit you unto the Lord in prayer. You cannot disciple men except you yourself have become a disciple. You cannot give what you don't have. It is only those who have been disciples that Jesus commissioned and said, Go and make other disciples. For you to also be commissioned by the Lord to disciple others, you must first lay down your life for discipleship. 
If you don't know what it means to say no to somebody, you don't know what it means to say, you can't do this, don't do this one. Now, you cannot do the same for others. Now, please move fast and then we are going to pray together. If God is still urging you and say, today is your day of giving your life unto practical discipleship. And God is saying, you have been delayed. Your life became sluggish. Entering the purpose of God became difficult. And all is because you are doing it all alone. You just feel that I know what to do. But today you are saying, I now understand. I now understand that discipleship is crucial. Unto becoming like Jesus, discipleship is crucial. Unto fulfilling the purpose of God for my life, discipleship is crucial even unto my arriving in heaven. They follow me and I will make you. Discipleship is crucial unto becoming anything in the hand of God. I just want to pray with you. And after that, I believe our brethren will be there to counsel you, to guide you. From wherever you have come from, all over the globe, there is opportunity for discipleship. Please take advantage of it, and the Lord will help you. And if you are a disciple, you are standing up anywhere, and you are saying, Lord, I make a fresh commitment unto disciple-making. I will not, Now I know that this is one of the peculiarities of this move. Disciples everywhere. So I make a commitment. Let us pray together as you talk to God now. Our Father and our God, we want to thank you for this opportunity. We want to thank you, O oh Lord, for the challenges and the practical experiences that we have shared together on this platform at this mission challenge. All focusing on this great commission, go and make disciples of all nations. First, Lord, I want to commend this, my brothers and sisters, unto you that are standing before the altar and they are saying today I want to go into definite practical discipleship. I want to lay down my life and I want to meet you Lord to connect me with an audiovisual called a discipler that will make my journey fast and my becoming like Jesus will become faster and faster every day. Lord I pray for each one of them that please this call they are answering Come and take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Lord, please yoke them first together with you this time. And Lord, connect them, O oh God, with audiovisual that will show them continuously and progressively the life of Jesus. In different areas where they are found, O oh God, please raise help for their life. Let it not be long again. Let their journey in life not be sluggish again. This has been the experience of many of us that laid down our life for discipleship. We are not cheated. Lord, we are not abused. Lord, we were rather shown the life of Christ. And I also want to pray for as many disciples that have disciples that are under them. And they are saying, I give a fresh commitment unto making disciples. Since the first peculiarity, the first indication of this move, is that disciples will be multiplied everywhere. Lord, I want to pray for them. Grant us a deeper and a more definite commitment unto discipling men one-on-one. Discipling men group by group, in smaller groups. Lord, please grant us opportunity to do a thorough job on the lives of men for you. Lord, please, this is our prayer today. Do far more than we can think or imagine. We also want to pray for those that you granted unto us, that show us this practical life of Christ. 
Lord, we ask, O oh God, our elders in faith, even in this move of God, we commit them unto your hand today, O oh God. Continue to keep them for us, to continue to progressively and cumulatively show all this life of Christ. We pray, O oh God, that daily their own journey will just keep seeing them ahead. Lord, you will help us. Together, O oh Lord, in this move, this move will multiply disciples all over the globe. All over the globe. Lord, that will be the first mark. Father, we thank you and we bless you. Be thou exalted, O God. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Thanks for coming to the end of this uh, uh, series. Uh, we pray that you will be blessed and equipped. And uh, stay tuned as we complete the entire uh, series. And uh, trust that the Lord will strengthen you to be all that he has called you to be in the body of Christ. Uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. <music>